Hello, and welcome to the Untitled Female Driven Podcast. The three of us are film and TV writers who are here to talk about how to make it as professional writers in the entertainment industry. This podcast covers what we wish we'd known when we were getting started, so you all can learn the easy way what we learned the hard way. I'm Erica Schreiber. I mostly write features. I'm Jess Cho. I mostly write for television. And I'm Hannah Rosner. I also mostly write for television. And today we're going to talk about every writer's favorite topic, free work. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was a sarcastic woo and your guys' was a sincere boo. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I think Jess and I are just like, fuck it all, burn it to the ground. (laughs) Over it. Yeah. So what is free work, you guys? Bullshit. (laughs) I want to say what free work isn't, right? Free work is not writing your own spec, right? Anything that you own free and clear, like that's not what we're here to talk about, right? If you have an original idea and you write it as a screenplay or a pilot, technically no one paid you, but that's, that's not the kind of free work we are discussing. This is work asked of you by producers or executives that is unpaid, meaning it doesn't have uh, you know, an option fee or a guaranteed step or anything like that. What is a guaranteed step? When you have a contract, right? So like, let's say you option a script, right? Uh, there may or may not be a guaranteed rewrite step there. So like, if it's a guaranteed step, that means they have to pay you and you have to do it. So there's, there's always steps in contracts that are not guaranteed. Usually, you know, like you can have a, a, a second rewrite step and a polish step and a second polish step and they're not guaranteed they don't have to pay you to do those um they also don't have to ask you to do those they could hire someone else or they could ask you to do it for free yes and i think like we should talk a little bit more about the types of work of free work that producers might ask of us so i know when i was starting out when i heard this idea of free work my initial instinct was to be like oh that's okay i don't mind doing work for free as long as i get to the next step right this is my opportunity but it's not really that. A lot of times, at least in my experience, and I've mostly been asked to do free work on the television side, it's producers coming to you and saying, hey, we have this idea. Would you like to pitch your take on it? And at first I was really excited. And I was like, yes, of course I will. And I pitched my take. And then I find out, oh, I'm not the only writer that the producers went to. The producers can go to as few as two, as many as 20, even more. And they're basically just pitting you against all of these other writers who are doing free work. And then they get to decide which take they like the best. I think it's important to uh, to note that like when it comes to pitches, if it is an original pitch that you can turn around, you know, if they say no and you can turn around and you can pitch it anywhere else in town, I consider that slightly less free work, right? Because it's work that you get to keep, you know? Yes. But yes. if you are pitching on a book adaptation or an idea that, say, the producer had, right? You're walking away with nothing if they don't hire you. So that's free work. I have, I've been asked, um, you know, if I would spec a script for an IP that I didn't own. And the answer for me is always no, but I know that that is a thing that people do. Because if you write, if you write a script based on someone else's idea or someone else's IP, then again, you can't walk away with it if it doesn't get sold and doesn't turn into a job for you. So another thing is you could be asked to, let's say that you're in just the situation that she was just talking about where like, and let's say she did get picked, right? That still doesn't necessarily mean that she has a job, right? Like if producers pick you to do a pitch, you then have to take that pitch to buyers. And I know plenty of people who have been stuck 
for months and months and months, if not years, reworking a pitch for producers to take to buyers that just like never goes out. There's also a uh, free rights, um, which is like, you know, if you, if you, let's say that you do get a job, right. And you've got producers and you've got a studio and you, you write the script and you want to turn it in and the producers have notes and that's, that's not necessarily a terrible thing, right? If the producers are like, we think if you do this, this will have a better chance of getting through to get made. Right. But that can go on for, again, months and months, years and years of producers just having you rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, and you're not delivering the script, which means you're not getting paid. So that's also a free write. Yes. It's basically like they're giving you the opportunity to potentially have an opportunity to potentially get money. So you're two or three <laughs> steps away. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever tried to explain, have you ever tried to explain to like a non-industry family member any of this stuff? Because I almost attempted to over the holiday break. Like someone was like, so what are you working on? And I was telling them all these things and their I could see their eyes starting to glaze over in just utter confusion because they were like, and how is any of this paying you? Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. In there. Also yeah. explaining, uh, yeah. even explaining an option to like my dad, he was like, so like, that's not very much money. I'm like, yeah, but if they buy it, then it is. He's like, well, are they going to buy it? I'm like, Probably not. (laughs) I don't know, but at least I got some money. Um, And as you know, and he's just like, I don't understand (laughs) why why you're excited about a small amount of money. I'm like, because the other option is no money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There's also I just want to bring up, uh, you know, like if you have an original idea that you take to producers and they have you like reworking it endlessly uh, before taking it to buyers. Same with an actual script. We've talked about this before. If it's a script, get that certificate of authorship so that. If it's, you know, if, if it's really, if it's your work, your original idea, the certificate of authorship lets you walk away at any point in the process with the producers or anyone else attached. They have no legal claim on your work. You can use whatever version you want. Always protect yourself here. I had a question about something that you mentioned earlier about like, you know, some of the different types of free work you might be asked to do, like free rights. And you said that, you know, if you're being asked to do multiple rewrites that aren't included in your contract or... Uh, again, are just this type of free work where you are continuing to do notes and do notes until they will give it to the studio. There can be the good reason for that is they do want it to be give it the best shot to get across the finish line. But what are some other reasons that maybe they might be doing it that aren't <laughs> in that benevolent category? They don't know what they want is a common one, or they. Sometimes it's a different exec than you originally pitched to. And so like they don't actually like it and they don't know how to make it so that they do like it. Those are the basic reasons. And like, you know, it is you can you can say it's benevolent to give them that benefit of the doubt. But the thing is, is like the studio is always going to have notes. There's no version of life where they don't. Right. And so like spend, you know, like you can try to predict their notes to a small degree, but like no one's ever going to turn in a script that a studio doesn't have notes on. So it's like this weird perfectionism thing in which they are perfectly happy to waste your time because they don't want to turn in something that will get notes, but that's impossible. I constantly think about something that you had said, Erica, I think in a previous episode, where basically the writer gives up time and time is money to do this free work. The executive is getting paid no matter what. Yeah. So I think about this the all day, the time too. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't cost them anything to keep you going round and round, just following your own And ass. also like- 
it gives them something to say at the, you know, the weekly meeting, like, that's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm working with this writer, I'm working real hard, you know, like, so their boss is like, oh, yes, exec A is working very hard, you know, and like, there's, there's a long time before the boss will be like, well, why haven't they turned in the script, you know, and to you, it will feel like an entire lifetime. Are there any other kinds of free work? And are there like, some of the things you guys were talking about before, like just when you were saying producers will ask a bunch of different writers to come up with a take. And, you know, if there's five writers, four of those will not get it. So therefore four, four writers just did a bunch of free work and have nothing to show for it. But that's called like, is that called sweeps sweepstakes pitching? Is that a shake and well, bake? Is shake that and bold? I actually I literally bake called it shake and bake and I meant it. I like forgot that that was <laughs> so our that fake word it. for yeah. it. That's I mean, it is now weird. we have decided that it is yeah. a shake and bake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is that is what we're talking about. And, um, you know, if the shake and bake is based on something that's proprietary to them, you know, like I say you walk away with nothing. That's not 100 percent true because I feel like I have I have worked on pitches something like that for a property that was my own version of it and that maybe I could take to something to a different project, you know, like as long like any, any part of it that was mine, I could technically turn into a new original idea like i have a script um that i i love and uh, has given gotten me a lot of like jobs and meetings and it literally came from an idea i had of what the black widow movie should be and i was out to drinks with an exec and i told her i would love to write the black widow movie and here's what i would do and she's like you should just write that you know like not with black widow obviously but you should just do it and i was like i should just do it you know and so like it's not like i was up for the black widow job uh, i would have definitely told you guys that but like just having a pitch for something that was my dream project turned into a real project that that's really good I feels like that's kind of the biggest difference of all the things that you know when you're making the decision of should I do this or not is it worth my time or not if it's something that you love and you're excited to write it that's a pretty good sign that it's probably worth your time because even if even if it is, there's lots of other factors to consider, but I think that is such an important one that shouldn't be overlooked if you're like really excited to write something and it's just as unlikely to happen as anything else, then then it's probably worth, it's, it's more likely to be worth it. Whereas on the flip side, if it seems like an opportunity that's just as likely to get made or not as anything else, but you really aren't that into it, like then it's definitely not worth your free time. Yeah. The last quarter of last year, I was attached as the writer uh, to adapt a book based on a pitch that another or sorry, like a premise that another writer had come up with. And he was the other writer was on the project as an EP. Right. And it was really cool. I really liked it. And I thought the book was cool, um, but it was like a couple steps removed from the book. And so I wrote a pitch and we went and pitched it a bunch of places and no one bought it. And, and then they asked if I would spec it. And I said, no, because that's like three steps removed from anything that I would be able to walk away with. But regardless, like it got me in front of people I wanted to be in front of with a great pitch. Right. I didn't, I, you know, like I would have loved if someone bought it. Um, it had a lot of things going for it and it had some key things going against it. Right. And I don't regret doing it because, um, I got reconnected with some, you know, film execs who I pitched to before I met new film execs. And the thing is that I think it is important is it was a thing that I thought I had done a great pitch for 
being in front of those people with a pitch I didn't believe in or didn't think was very good, that would be bad, right? Because then I'm adding, you know, like you're always adding to people's impression of you. And I thought this added to, like, I, I went into it eyes open, knowing that, you know, there's always a good chance that things won't sell, uh, but feeling like I was getting something out of it. That wasn't money. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it becomes one of those things of you just have to decide what your boundaries are and what you're willing to give and what you think you're going to get out of it. So I think, Erica, what you described is like that pitch kind of became your calling card. Yeah. They also, by the way, did not – if they had asked me to rework it a bunch, I would have been out, right? Like I, I, I got to devote exactly the amount of time that I felt was appropriate. And it was a producer – uh, one of the producers was someone that I I knew and felt like wasn't going to ask me for an inappropriate amount of work. So that was also a factor. That's very, very important. Having someone that you think you can, I mean, not trust, but ex- you sort of understand that they know the boundaries. You know, they're not going to take advantage of you. Okay, I grumble about the free work and I'm still like madly resentful about having made it. <laughs> Just because I'm saying that worked out well. Like too much free work is asked of writers just by a huge margin. Yes, it is. It's true. That being said, I would say the silver lining that I have forced myself to see is that by doing all this free work, it did improve my, my craft, right? It sort of, and your pitching skills. Yeah. My pitching skills, my ability to tell a story in as condensed a way as possible to find the best pieces. Um, It sort of taught me what I needed so that now when I go and do these pitches for my own projects, or if I'm asked to do it for something else, it, the process is so much easier because I've had all that practice. And so I guess I would say if you're a beginning writer, you know, take the opportunities that you're given and know that even if it's more than likely you won't get many of them as in you won't get paid for many of them, it's still good practice. And so it's not necessarily all a loss, but after a certain amount of time, it's okay to say no. And your radar will get better as you go for what seems like it might actually happen or what might actually even just plain old go out to buyers at all, you know? And, um, and you can always opt out. I think that's, there's this like sunk cost fallacy thing of like, I've worked really hard on this pitch that they've had me rewrite 87 times. I mean, maybe the 88th time will be it and I won't have wasted my time. If it's been 87 times, it's not going to change, you know? I think, uh, something I was asked to do once that I had honestly no problem doing was I did a, a like a polish for talent. You know, like I had been, I had been paid to write a script and I'd been paid even to rewrite the script, but they were sending it to someone specific that they and I were excited about. And they're like, can you kind of take a look at this and make it feel like it's, you know, tailored for this actor? And I was like, yes, I can. And that was also like one day of work, you know, and for a really great reason that I understood because the producers had shared the strategy. And maybe that's something that, you know, like if producers are not willing to share the strategy and the clear steps to that strategy, then that's a pretty good indicator that you are going to waste your time. What would you say are some of the factors that you consider when you're like, like, let's say you're making a pros and cons list about do I take this free work job or not? What's on the pros list? What's on the cons list? I know we've talked about a lot of them, but like if you guys could just sort of break it down. Well, the biggest factor I take into account is my mood. And that sounds <laughs> silly, but it's true. It's not silly. Um, yeah. So when I say my mood, I mean how how busy am I at that moment is probably the yeah. more professional schedule answer. is really important. Like, would you be giving up something, uh, you know, like, cause you can't do everything. So like, what are, is it worth giving some time up in your schedule? You know, like, are you available? Like genuinely, do you really like it? Is it something that you're like, Oh, I'm totally the right writer for this and it's worth fighting for. Yes. 
Also, when you meet the people, I had this one experience where I was given an opportunity to have the opportunity to possibly get money. And I was meeting with the execs and within five minutes, I knew I couldn't take that job, even though I thought it was cool, uh, a cool project because the execs kept arguing with each other. And if the execs are arguing with each other about what they think the project is, there's no way that you're going to please all of them. You're just going to end up with a mishmash that pleases nobody. And so as soon as I saw there was no clarity of vision, I just thought, I'm out. I'm not sinking my time into a project that's going to fail. Yeah, you got to have the vibe check. Like if they're producers, if they're producers you know and trust, that's always a good indication. You can be honest with them and they can be honest with you. If you're meeting with producers, what does your gut say? And Jess's gut said, fuck no. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it just seems like absolutely right decision. And like, that's, that's important. And, you know, if you can ask around about the producers who are asking this of you, just to get a sense of what other writers, like what kind of experience did other writers have? working with these producers, you know, did they have to rewrite it 87 times, you know, like, or did they work fast and efficiently and, you know, and, and were they courteous about, about your time? And in general, like I, my standards are, are higher for, um, for IP. And, um, by the way, always confirm up the wazoo that these producers actually have the IP. And not just do they have it, but for how long, when when does the option or rights expire? Like, because you can start on something and then they can be like, yeah, I definitely have the rights. And then six months later, that option is expired. And why would they tell you that? (laughs) This morning on Twitter, I saw one of the biggest showrunners I know tweet that the producers that he'd been working with did not have the rights sewn up. That happened to him. That's like a fire your agent offense right there. Yeah, that's that's real bad, um, especially the higher level you are. Like n- no one should waste anyone's time like that. But like to do it to someone really high level is also really stupid because they have power. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not uh, some, you know, person breaking in from Iowa. Like this is a person who like has thousands of Twitter followers. And I don't know who it was, but I know I could ask them so I could avoid working with them, with the producers, you know. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they would provide that information pretty freely. So just to recap, when it comes to the pros and cons of weighing whether or not to take a job that will come with a lot of free work, there's like a who, what, when, where, why, I think for it. The who is, who are you working with? Like Jess said, do you get a good vibe from these people? Can you trust them? Are you excited to work with them? Tied into that is where, it's like also a, a for whom, but it's more like, where is the project? Is it set up at a production company you really want to be doing business with? Is it at a studio? I've recently taken a job um, that involves a lot of, you know, unpaid development, but I really wanted to work with this company uh, down the line. And then there's the when, which is kind of what you were saying, Erica, do you have, do you have the time? Are you available? Can you fit it in your schedule? And is it worth the sacrifice of, you know, if you are still working full time, but you really want to do it, is it worth giving up every Saturday for the next few months? You really have to think about that. What, obviously, what is it? Do you like it? Do you want to write in this genre? Is it something that you're like, oh, this would be a great challenge. This would be an, ex- uh, an opportunity to flex some of my comedic muscles because I mostly write drama. Is this like the style of, uh, is it an homage to a, a genre that you really love and a style that you really want to write in? And then finally, why? Like, why are you doing this job? Because you really do have to think, okay, if no money comes of this ever, what else am I getting out of it? So is it, yeah, exposure to 
certain producers and executives? Is it the opportunities to meet people? Is an opportunity to work in a certain genre? And is it you know, going to lead to possibly more jobs in the future. Yeah. If you, you know, when you take a meeting and say, oh, I'm actually developing this pitch with this company, is that going to make you look good in your general? You know, like if they're, if they're nobody from nowhere, like no one's going to know what you're talking about. But if you're like, yeah, I'm like developing a pitch for, uh, well, I've forgotten the name of every production company ever for a bad robot, you know, like it's funny. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then people are gonna be like, oh, if you're developing a pitch for Bad Robot, you're legit, you know, like, yeah. it, it, so yes, it can, does that, does it help you with that? Um, and just always keeping this like level of realism um, that if you are being asked to do free work, I feel like it increases the chances that this won't get made. And that doesn't mean to say it won't ever get made, like, or this is a never thing, but like when people pay you to write a thing that indicates a level of seriousness about the thing, right? An investment on their end. As Jess said earlier, they invest nothing uh, in wasting your time. They still get paid, you know? So, but if they have to justify the fact that they paid, you know, for a writer to do this thing, then that makes it more of a priority for them. So what are some, are there any ways to get out of doing free work or certain steps even of free work? You can say no to a job if it's, you're at the very beginning of it, you can just say, I'm not interested or I, you know, I, this didn't resonate with me or any, a number of, uh, vague, polite ways to say, no, thank you. But what are some ways, once you have sort of committed to a certain amount of work, what are some ways to get out of doing too much? It's helpful to know ahead of time, how much free work you're willing to invest in this project. And I think it's important to communicate that clearly to your reps. If you have reps right? That you say to them, I am willing to, you know, work on this pitch through February or whatever. I'm willing to do three versions of it, two versions of it, right? Like this is how much time. And then it's their job to be the bad guys, right? That's what they get that, that 10% for. And they should be able to communicate uh, to the producers what you are not comfortable with and take the heat from that. So your relationship with the producers can stay purely creative and good, right? However, a lot of us don't have reps. So I, I genuinely recommend that you communicate ahead of time what you're willing to do. You know, like if it's a pitch, you know, like I'm willing to do this pitch, but um, I have limited time and I'm only willing to to rewrite it a couple of times. So if it's not working, just let me know, you know, like giving you both an out. Yeah. Can you set like a I mean, it can be kind of arbitrary or it can be legit, but can you just say like, let's say you let's say it's January and someone wants you to take out a pitch. Can you say Yes, but you know, I'm I'm only going to be available until April and you don't need to necessarily say why if you really have a real reason like you're starting in a room or something cool, but if not, is that a way to just sort of also keep a fire going under them so they don't just let this languish forever? I think yes. Just what do you think? I think that works in some cases. I think maybe I'm just a pessimist. I think it really depends on who you're doing this free work for. So if you're doing a project for a smaller production company with producers who aren't perhaps as established or as powerful, saying no is easier than saying no to someone like, for example, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg keeps asking you to do free work. It's not like you can be like, no, Steven Spielberg, I'm not doing that. If Steven Spielberg is asking you to do free work, do the work. Please. Exactly. No, hang on. Steven Spielberg is like a billionaire. He can afford to pay you to do work. That's true. That's true. But you see what I'm saying? It's sort of it. It just feels like it's so 
dependent on your circumstances, like what your situation is and what their situation is. So I had a project once that I, when I started this project, developing this project for this production company, they had all the power and I was nobody. And But because they kept asking me to do so many, so much free work and I kept going along with it, the situation changed in which I managed to sort of rise and build up my career and become pretty established and they were still kind of where they had started. And so once the power dynamic shifted, I felt more comfortable saying no to things. I would really hesitate before investing free work in something that you would have a really, really hard time giving up, right? Like obviously, as we've discussed, it should be a thing that you want to do, but like it shouldn't be a thing that you feel like you have no choice but to continue doing because it's so important to you or because of whatever reason, right? Like the thing about free work in terms of being a writer, the only power you have is to say no, right? And as we've discussed before on on this podcast, like saying no can be really powerful. It is not without risks, but like some of the best things I've gotten was because I said, I said no to something, you know, and like that earns you respect. So what you were saying Hannah about like you know I have something in April like or you know like for just what you're what you were just saying like you got you were too busy and important for this free work nonsense you know and sometimes that leads to a real offer just being able to say that um not always obviously they may not be lying about not having any money but like you know uh it can just be it doesn't have to be something real in my opinion like you might have to make something up but like if you're like I am willing to set aside two months for this or more, more just to be more fair to how slow things move, like six months for this, you know, and then beyond that, I'm done, you know, uh, unless there is like a really solid measure of progress, whether that's actually taking out the pitch or, you know, actually selling the pitch or whatever, like, then, yeah, you should know what that is in your head. This is really a systemic problem that none of us writers can solve on our own. And um, the guild is working on it all the time. But like, what do you think? What could change in the industry to improve this whole free work situation? Because it is pretty unsustainable for most writers. Yeah, I'd say it's kind of destroying a middle class of writers. <laughs> there is paid development that is becoming more and more of a thing. I have seen like grids that track this, like companies that have paid for development, um, whether it's a fee for a Bible or paid pitches, which I think paid pitches is one of the biggest things that that the guild maybe could fight for. Unfortunately, the MBA is between the guild and um, the AMPTA, and a lot of these pitches are for producers and production companies. They're not, you know, they are not held to the MBA, right? But it could create an, an industry standard if it if it even just started with like you you know like Fox pays you to pitch. You know, not for your own ideas. Like you're not going to be like, I came up with a movie, Fox, pay me to tell you. Like, no, that's not what we're talking about. But if like Fox has the rights to a book and they want to hear multiple takes, well, then they're going to have to pay the writers, you know, some nominal fee, like 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever. And you can even have that count against, you know, like whoever they hire. There's an incentive to hire someone, right? If it's cost $1,000, but that counts against, um, you know, the first step in their deal, then, you know, hooray. Can I ask if you guys have ever spent your own money on pitch materials? Because I have. Yes, and it's I have. Stupid. I don't 
think so, but I see how that could very easily happen. It's a few hundred dollars in the grand scheme of things. Like, What did you spend money on? To have someone help with a deck because ah, I've i okay. now done a bunch of decks and I'm actually quite good at it considering the fact that I have literally no artistic skills or <laughs> graphic design knowledge whatsoever. Yeah, um, I make my own decks in there. Yeah, I make my own decks and they're quite bomb. But um, at a certain point, I'm like, I cannot keep making revisions to this deck because I don't have time. I'd rather pay someone out of my own pocket to keep messing with this deck and doing these things than doing it myself just because of the sunk cost fallacy of my time versus my money. And it is really absurd, but I just wanted to ask if I'm no, not that's alone a good in this. question. I have asked producers to please pay someone to put together a fantastic pitch deck and been turned down. Yeah. Same. So, <laughs> they don't have a couple hundred dollars, like literally yeah. an intern somewhere who would love a couple hundred dollars to do this. Yeah. I mean, I, I have paid and I paid quite a bit of money for one pitch deck, but that was only because I was so committed to the project and I was so sure that if I had visuals to go with it, it would give it a better chance of succeeding. And um, so far it paid off because I did get to the next step. I have a studio partner now, but hey. it, was a lot of, it was a lot of money. And so honestly, <laughs> I think that what I need to do is learn how to use Photoshop or whatever, Illustrator or any of those types of things so I could put together my own decks because it's just so expensive after a certain amount of time. You know, I only do decks for TV stuff. I have never made, nor do I think I ever plan to make a deck for a film pitch. It doesn't seem like the norm. It feels like for, for TV pitches, it's the norm is like, it's expected that you not only have like a, a lookbook or a deck, but a full visual presentation to accompany your pitch. That seems like it's just the expectation now instead of the exception. But with film, I have not heard of that being a thing. So I if hope it's that way. you have a director attached, they, they should do it. Sure. Right? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the director of, of my studio movie made an incredible sizzle. And I think that was very, very helpful. But my pitch had no visuals. Just to be contrary, <laughs> my feature that I'm going out with now, the producers who are attached, they, they're like, we need a visual for this. We can't send it out without a visual. And so they've been doing it. But um, I've been helping out a lot just because they're doing it themselves. They didn't hire anyone. So we're just muddling through it together. And I'm wondering if this is going to start becoming the norm. I think, uh, you know, Zoom pitching has changed a lot. I, when I sold my my show at uh, the start of the pandemic, like, it was my first like zoom pitch and um i felt better for having visuals because it meant they weren't just staring at my face on the screen but when i did the feature pitch after that i was like yeah they're gonna stare at my face while i tell them the fucking story they're gonna like it you know yeah. like, it's like <laughs> i guess it just really depends and also i'll say like um the series that i did was pretty heavy sci-fi uh and so visuals made more sense than for my like you know my little horror movie Anything else? Anything else we want to vent and get off our chest? Any spicy takes? Oh, I will say um, just in terms of changes in the industry, like I do think something needs to be done about um, the free rights, the scripts that get stuck with producers um, and don't get to the studio, which means the step isn't triggered. Like I do think there needs to be a, a step for that, right? That like a step before delivery, like, you know, maybe you get some money when you deliver to producers, you know, and then you get the rest of it when you deliver to the studio. Um, something that will, you know, like really make the process go faster, but also make sure that you don't get stuck without money for however months, you know, while the producers do whatever it is producers do. And to be fair, uh, I have had um, great producers passes. Like I will virtually always do a producer pass, you know, like we all should want the same thing. And uh, 
if we don't, that's a problem. Personally, I think the only issue, this issue of free work will only be resolved if it's if it's the thing that we make a point of talking about on strike and like one of our issues, but I don't think that is going to make much of a, a dent. So we'll see what happens this summer. I know it's going to be interesting. Something we'll probably be talking about a lot on this podcast. Hopefully this was helpful for anyone who's considering whether or not to take a job with air quotes, quote unquote, because it's not a job unless someone pays you, but it is technically a job to do work. So anyway, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Untitled Female. You can connect with us there or email us at untitledfemaledrivenpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about what you heard today. If you have any thoughts or questions about free work or about anything that you want us to talk about in the future, we'd love to hear from you. Bye. Bye. Bye.